those nights when one drink with the girls turns into a bottle, but you need your car for brunch the next day. There's pickup. Or at Friday work drinks, where you don't want to leave your car with expensive tools at the pub. There's pickup. Don't miss out on the fun. Get a pickup. Simply book on our app, and we'll pick you up to drive you and your car home. Two drivers arrive, one drives you home in your car, and the other driver follows. Download the pickup app today. That's PKUP, and wake up worry free. Hi, I'm Jack LeBrock. Hi, I'm David Reynolds. You're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Every champion has that moment in his career when they are presented with an opportunity that will move them to the next level. Jamie Wincup faced that moment at the end of 2005. He had this attitude of how to win and he wanted to win and he wanted to be perfect at what he did. When Jamie came along and we first tested him, we could see straight away that Jamie actually had um, potential more speed than we, than we thought. And Jamie was amazing with his feedback and the amount of information he could absorb doing laps. It was, it was, it was really spectacular. On this edition of Inside Supercars, we speak to Roland Dane, Craig Lowndes, Mark Dutton and David Couchy. We also hear from Scott Gullen, who worked with Jamie to complete his new auto biography, Drive of a Lifetime. Without a drive for the 2006 season, Jamie Wincup flew from Victoria to Queensland to meet with Triple Eight management. Roland Dane talks about that fateful day. He did fly up um, short notice to talk to me um, after after Bathurst in 2005, and uh, had a sit down with me. Had a uh, met couple of the key engineers as well and uh, yeah basically made it clear that he'd do whatever was necessary to get uh, to get his bum in the in the seat of one of our cars um, he, he uh, his motivation was um, clearly there from the start uh, his hunger was there uh, and he was the only one of the three people that I was seriously considering at the time um, who didn't immediately ask about money. Triple H's lead driver was Craig Lowndes, the most popular driver in supercar history and the man that Roland was building the team around. So when he first came to the team, he was enthusiastic. He was probably a little bit shy as well, um, but you know, he was enthusiastic and, and really keen to learn and, and develop as a driver like we all were when, we, when you first get an opportunity with a, with a major team like that. Back in 2006, supercars still allowed regular team drivers to pair up for the endurance races, particularly for Bathurst. We already had, at that stage, a a number one driver in Craig. So, yes, we wanted somebody who had the potential to grow into into a um, major force. But at that particular point in time, the end of 05, it was about putting together the strongest possible team for, for Bathurst 1000. It's Greg Lowndes. I wasn't involved in the actual uh, decision-making um, of, of signing Jamie, but I know at the time that Roland did make that point that they were looking for a, a teammate that was in the same sort of height, stature uh, as me, and, and really that the focus for Roland, uh, from my, my understanding, was 
more so Bathurst, and that was obviously a race that has enticed Roland to come to Australia in the first place. So that was his goal was was to to put a, a, a you know a super team together to get you know the result of Bathurst and hopefully a championship. Roland explained how Jamie appeared on his radar. To be honest, there was nothing nothing at GRM that drew uh, drew me to him. Um, partly because the most of the time he was at GRM was would just before I was in Australia full time. Uh, but uh, I was aware, very aware of his Formula Ford track record, and uh, also uh, at Tasman we'd watched him provide exemplary support to their number one driver at the time, Jason Richards, in the enduro races at Sandown and Bathurst. Um, and at the time, yeah, my principal goal then was to try and win our first Bathurst, and we needed somebody who'd be great support for Craig Lowndes. Uh, so, yeah, those, those were the key factors. David Couchy moved from Sydney to become part of Triple Eight and was moving through the ranks of the organisation. Jamie's very easy to get along with. I mean, you know, we, we, we got along uh, very well from the beginning. Um, I actually knew him from when, again, he, he drove for, for Tasman um, Motorsport, which is sort of what Lansvale Smash sort of morphed into. Um, and then so I already sort of knew him uh, before, call it, I got to Triple Eight. Um, you know, and look, so, yeah, we've always had a very close relationship as as sort of friends more than more than sort of even work colleagues as such um so that that made the the sort of jump really easy i guess from that point of view mark dutton was already well established at triple eight however the new young gun caused a few changes in the engineering structure i was race engineer the year before with steve ellery um but because we had a a young up-and-coming talent in jamie um uh, Ludo, Ludo wanted to to put the engineering race engineering hat back on, so I was uh, I was demoted from race engineer to data engineer on that car. Um, it was it was actually probably one of my nicest um, <laughs> end of year performance reviews I've ever had um, because I was getting demoted. They're actually uh, being nice to me, and uh, and I even got a pay rise, which was yeah. Two, two tenths of not a lot is still not a lot, but uh, pay rise is still a pay rise. So, yeah, funnily enough, it was my demotion, which was my, my most pleasant uh, end-of-year review to date. Craig Lowndes said Jamie had an approach to how he went racing, which he'd seen in another successful champion. I, I look at Jamie and I see a lot of Mark Scaife in him in the sense of his mannerisms, the way that he operated in the sense of, as I said, the data, all that side of it. He worked extremely hard behind the scenes uh, with just all the small things, um, even to a point where still today, you know, at the beginning of every season, you know, we, our first test day, Jamie has to run in five sets of shoes, um, you know, and he'll never go to a racetrack with a brand new set of uh, uh, um, shoes. He, he'll, he'll always have to have run them or use them. Um, you know, he, he, he's against, you know, he's done it, but he's against, you know, different colour schemes, one-off colour schemes at race weekend halfway through it because, again, for him, it, it, it's a, a mental thing in the sense of 
or a psychological thing of, of, of it to change. Fauci saw that Jamie had some qualities that made it obvious to the team that he would succeed. He worked, he worked very hard, you know, behind the scenes on himself. Um, you know, I mean, you know, not... Not not just his, his fitness, but his his preparation and approach to the the race weekend, um, you know. And, and each driver each driver does approach that that differently. But yeah, I just remember always remember a real a real attention to detail and just not leaving any any stone unturned. Basically, was never afraid to ask a question, even if it might come across as silly or obvious or. Which, which is great, you know, it's, it's those things that you, well, you encourage your kids to do, you encourage everyone to do, um, but he would do it, and, and, he, and he continues to ask those questions. So that, for me, that, that willingness and want to learn um, and improve, that, that was the standout from, from day dot. It's Greg Lowndes. He really literally uh, understood, took on board you know the settings of the car, the way that the team operated, the the philosophy of what the team had uh, had basically um, created. When Jamie came along and we first tested him in December '05, I think it was, we did our first test at Queensland Raceway. We could see straight away that Jamie actually had um, more potential, more speed than we um, than we thought. Mark Dutton again. Particularly at the time, his feedback, and I say at the time, which I'll get to, so his feedback was amazing. And the tyres we had, the amount of tyres everyone had, it was the same for everyone, was was nowhere near as generous as these days. So you, you were constantly doing practice sessions on, on rubbish tyres. So you had to be able to extrapolate what the car would be like when you got on good tyres. And and, uh, and you'd, be, you'd be running your practice sessions and, and, and trying to make improvements with the car. And, and Jamie was amazing with his feedback and the amount of information he could absorb doing laps. It was, it was, it was really spectacular. Like he, he would go out and say we'd do a three-lap run and he'd come back in a you know, practice session in Darwin or whatever and he'd, he'd talk you through every single corner in, in multiple stages of every single lap. But then he'd also be able to say... Um, what other cars around him were doing better or worse than him. Yeah. Um, so it was just phenomenal, the amount of information he was able to absorb and process, not only of what he was doing and his car was doing, but what others were doing um, while going full flat out. So it's, uh, that's, that for me was, was one of the big things that, uh, that set him apart, um, was just that, that information capacity that he had. Kevin Fitzsimmons is the operations manager for Dunlop Tyres. He has observed drivers through 40 years of his involvement in the sport. I spent a lot of time in the 90s, in the late 80s and sort of in the 90s and everything doing development with Peter Brock and he was another one that could just get into that autopilot mode, um, arm on the door and, and just just punch numbers out every single lap and everything. But to be able to relay the feedback, Glenn Seaton was also good at it, but Jamie in, in recent years was absolutely exceptional at providing the feedback that we needed to hear um, and take the, the, the team personal you know, hat off his head and, and uh, put the category hat on and, and, and do it for the better of the category and everything else like that. And I'll be eternally grateful for everything he ever uh, did for, for us you know, right, right the way through. First meeting for Wink Up and his new team was Eclipsal 500. 
Lounsey won the Saturday race, but it was Wincup who took the win on Sunday and his first Clipsal title. I remember, you know, Jamie coming out and winning the first round and, and uh, you know, basically, again, putting his name back in lights because he'd obviously had an opportunity with Gary Rogers and that, that didn't go well for him. Craig got tied up in a, a bit of a messy situation, I think, from memory. Um, lost a front splitter or something. Jamie benefited from... Uh, from having the focus on him uh, for on the Sunday in particular where he could um, uh, then show his speed and win the race. And uh, that certainly set him up. Jamie spoke to Inside Supercars on the Sunday night after that race. Fantastic to uh, get my first win um, with my first race meeting with Triple uh, Eight. Fantastic achievement for the team with Craig winning yesterday and myself winning today. Uh, I've been involved with the, the development and the hard work they've put in over the last uh, three months uh, and it's just great to feel that hard work paid off. After a high of Clipsal, he had some challenges through the year. You know, it took him another year or so to get rid of some of the uh, mistakes that he was making uh, to understand how to race in the category better and, of course, he had a bit of a target on his back for some of the more senior drivers who saw this young upstart coming along and getting a plum seat. I think um, it wasn't until you know, sometime in 07 where he really showed to everyone else the potential we saw. So for, for me, it was, it was a fascinating time to watch him. He was always very quick. He made um, some some mistakes early in the early stages, you know, driving mistakes, which is which is just a learning curve. But at the end of the day, fundamentally, he had the speed. He adapted to basically uh, my style of driving because that was you know the car was sort of more set up to the way that I'd liked it and, and wanted it. He adapted to that and got it sorted. He got the the first win, uh, as you said, when he started, but then um, then it was a bit dry. Uh, for the rest of 2006, um, apart from Bathurst, which is obviously a big one. You know, to win Bathurst that year was, was something very special for me because of the passing of Peter Brock, but it really uh, cemented Jamie's position within the team and, and I'm sure Roland's decision to hire him. Jamie, congratulations, mate. Very much. Uh, fantastic feeling. Uh, Carl was excellent all weekend. Craig is... Uh, Craig Lowndes, he's just the, uh, one of the best out there. And... Uh, Five wins, five round wins this year. It's a fantastic effort. Congratulations, you uh, you've learned a lot from him. It's calm as cool as ever. Oh, mate, I'm just proud for all the Ford fans, to be honest. Congratulations. The rise of Jamie Wincup was not without setbacks, and the team suffered a major one at the start of 2007, as Roland Dane explains. It would have been earlier in 07, but um, tragically, the number one on his car, number one mechanic, committed suicide on New Year's Day in 07, and that had a, a, a huge um, negative impact on the, on the team for a while there. Uh, in fact, we, you know, we had some, some very good help uh, in that period from um, Gary Coleman, and uh, who, who we owe, as a team, we owe a lot to because he... Uh, was very helpful when everyone was really struggling with this um, uh, atmosphere in the team at the beginning of 07. Um, and it wasn't until 
I think it was Winton in, in May of that year that we really rediscovered our, our mojo. Well, the, uh, I set the weekend up in race one when it uh, had a huge downpour of rain. Uh, I, I, we made the team, Vodafone made the right strategy to come in early and put uh, wet tyres on. And, uh, and then everyone seemed to fall off in front of me and I was able to win that race. So that really set up my weekend. We had two good, solid performances in race two and three with two second places. And uh, very, very happy to leave Winton uh, with, uh, with maximum points and, and, a, and a great win for the team. Sort of huge sigh of relief to everyone to, to understand um, ourselves again and uh, reassemble ourselves as a as a team um, and and then from then on Jamie was was able to show that actually uh, he was uh, a future superstar. David Couchy had joined Triple Eight by 2008 and he found himself working on the data for both Triple Eight drivers. Triple Eight was was already very competitive um, sort of by the time I got there, they, you know, they'd already come very close to winning the championship in 2007. Um, and, you know, in 2008, we sort of put, you know, collectively put it all together and, and managed to, Jamie got his, you know, his first championship win that year. What an, uh, what an amazing year. It's, uh, it's been a long, hard fought year, but we're so proud of our achievements to win the championship. To, uh, to win the team's championship, the pole award, most rounds, uh, consecutive 16 race wins. Um, it's just it, 2008 is by far a year that I'll never, ever forget. How hard do you think it is to back it up next year? Uh, hey, this year it couldn't have got any harder, so uh, I expect no different next year. Kevin Fitzsimmons reflected on what he considered to be one of Win Cup's most spectacular drives. The first year we were in Hamilton in New Zealand, um, street race there, and I remember him, um, they pitted him early because he uh, he was sort of uh, caught up in some traffic and everything else like that. And as he was driving out of the pit lane, Mars Sutton gave him a number on the radio that he had to drive to and said, we need 20 laps at this time. And he ended up doing about 28 laps, I think it was, within a hundredth of a second of the time he gave him. And it just blew my mind, you know. He just it sort of stood out as he was leaving pit lane to, uh, to, uh, to hear the time that he gave him and thought, geez, that's ambitious. But... Um, the, the fact that he could, you know, hit every apex and, and nail absolutely everything lap after lap after lap was incredible. And then he repeated it the first year of Townsville as well, you know, just um, a, a very dominant weekend, but just the way he was able to, you know, consistently hit the things. When all the things that go on when cars get hot and tyres get hot and brakes and gearboxes and you get tired and all those things, but to just string lap after lap after lap together um, was mind-blowing, you know. It, it was truly exceptional um it was it was be calm we knew we had a quick car um it was it was it was definitely be calm and uh and really attack and and conserve the tires and attack um when we came into the pit so we changed the strategy we pitted pitted early and uh and took advantage of uh, of new tires got a gap and uh that was the end of the race jamie wrapped up the 2009 season to go back to back in the championship but it was not without its adversities with the young man struggling with mental challenges throughout the year. You know, sometimes it, you just you just keep getting nailed down, you know, nailed down, nailed down, and everyone wants wants a piece. And sometimes you just got to focus on driving the car. And it's, the, the more winning you do, the, the harder that becomes, just to focus on driving the car. And that's what I want to do. So um, that arrogance comes from me just trying to concentrate on doing my job the best of my ability and, and anyone in my position wouldn't do any different you know if if I wasn't to do that well then 
I'd uh, you guys wouldn't even want to talk to me because I'd I'll be running mid pack or maybe you know towards the back. So that's that's just the way it goes. I I hate being called that, but um, you just got to do what you got to do. You've won two championships and you, you you're saying I've got to look for the focus again. Is is someone like um, another Vodafone partner, as it were, at the Brisbane Lions? Someone like a Michael Voss who won three AFL premierships. Is that the sort of people you need to sort out to? to talk about this mental toughness yeah absolutely anyone that's um that that's performed at their best for three or four years is um has a special ability without doubt so any anyone in any sport um i'd love to be able to crack their brains and work out what makes them tick for sure sheedy's here this weekend actually yeah he knows all about it for sure you know just performing right up top-notch stuff for for long periods of time it's it's a lot different than just going out there and building everything up and going and doing a good job but backing it up year after year is is a big deal i've got a lot of respect for people that can do that in 2010 the team made the switch to holden where they worked tirelessly over the christmas period as roland takes us through yeah one from a um a team point of view where jamie was the lead uh from a driving perspective was when we we won our first race with Holden in Abu Dhabi in 2010 um, it was actually a 1-2. Craig was second. Uh, so, and Jamie then won all four of the overseas races on the trot, uh, the two in Abu Dhabi and then the two in Bahrain the following weekend. Um, and that was an extremely uh, proud team moment of which Jamie played a, a massive role in. Yeah, awesome day. Um, of course, we're debuting brand new Holdens here on a uh, brand new circuit to, to be pole position and uh, to be 1-2 in the race is a, it's just an amazing start and a bit of a dream come true for the team. Is this a, a sign of things to come? I mean, it can't get much better than this. Oh, I certainly hope so. We, um, we can't believe the start we've had, but um, if I wasn't pumped up before, I am pumped up. It's going to be big 2010 and we're going to fight right to the end. One of the most iconic moments of Wincup's career occurred in 2010. And it wasn't a win. With the laps at the iconic Bathurst track counting down and his car closing in on his teammate at the front of the field, Jamie made a significant radio call to the team. He said to let Craig Lowndes know he wouldn't race him to the end, but would form up for a rare one-two finish on the mountain. Yeah, you you do talk about these things. So you talk about if they were to happen, um, but you don't you don't spend a lot of time talking on if everything goes right. But you do have to talk about these things in your strategy meetings. Um, so we, we had touched on it. But um, the, the funniest part of that was Jamie says that, but Craig's, Craig's response, the ever jovial okay from Craig, came through with, um, <laughs> with, with a little bit of caution in his voice thinking, Oh my God! Okay, are we really going to do this? Is Jamie going to, you know, not? Oh, oh I press the throttle half a percent too much and and pitch at the post, sort of thing. So you, you could hear the trepidation in Craig's voice. It was it was a great moment. Some part of your back of your brain, you don't know whether he's setting you up or whether it was actually legit. But you know, he, he was he was generally generally honest about what he wanted and was happy to create a one-two finish, which for me was 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 one of the biggest memories that that I'll take out of you know being his teammate Mark Dutton again because we're in such a strong position at that stage you can clearly just be enjoying it and and you know it's 
nothing's about to go wrong. Obviously, it can always, but uh, yeah, you're really enjoying the moment. So um, yeah, had total faith that that Jamie would do it. Obviously, it was uh, uh, a, a spectacular result for the team. But uh, yeah, Craig Craig's voice at the time is uh, is something burned into into my memory as uh, as one of those little special moments that uh, maybe not everyone got to to hear or see. But uh, no, no, that. That was a, an amazing race. Yeah, we, we probably could have gone head-to-head in those, those closing laps. Um, and potentially both of us may not have finished. It was very adult, particularly as he'd lost the win at Phillip Island uh, a few weeks before uh, with a, an issue uh, when he and Stevie Owen should have, should have walked that, that race. So for Jamie to to realise that the importance of this uh, finish to the team uh, was mature, sensible, and he uh, did the right thing by by everyone, you know, whether it was the team as a whole or whether it was the, the partners, you know, Holden and Vodafone in particular, um, on the day. that, uh, And that produces... Yeah, produces imagery that stays stays around forever, um, which which helps underline a feat which yeah had only been done um, twice before and and both times in a in a far less competitive environment. But did his engineer want him to go for broke and take the win? No, we had our time to, during the race to, to be the, the car in front and, 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 and we weren't. So at that, at that stage, no, you're just, you're just happy that the, the moment's happening and, and you're just enjoying it and, and really trying to, to absorb it as much as you can without celebrating early. You obviously never want to celebrate early, but uh, occasionally you, you do try to, to enjoy the moment as it's happening, not just after it happens. So, no, I was, I was quite happy with him coming in second there. Right before the start of the 2012 season, Jamie's father passed away. It was significant loss to the still young man, and just weeks later, he had to get back out into the track. Roland Dane reflects on his Clipsville performance. His win in um, Adelaide in 2012, uh, a few days after his um, father had died, uh, was something that I was uh, incredibly yeah, proud of him. I mean, yeah, the team helped him do it and everything, but uh, Jamie drove the wheels off the car to ha- on a different strategy to to everyone else, uh, pretty much everyone else, and um, yeah, and beat um, Will Davison with half, half a lap to go. Uh, that was an extraordinary performance of his on that day, which I think the whole team was proud to be a part of for him. 
Mark Dutton again. Uh, I always do refer to um, his drive after his father passed as uh, as one of the most amazing ever. You know, he um, he pushed so hard. We we you know we 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 weren't up the front at all. We took the alternate strategy, and and the strategy we took in that race it was uh, you know a safety car came out, and everyone had to um, ultra conserve to the end. Um, but we went for the option of, um, no, no, we're, we're going flat out here. We're going to let you do what you do best, which is go fast, lap after lap. So we came in, took the extra stop, but he had to, he had to do effectively quality laps every single lap in, in Adelaide's conditions, which, which, as you know, are always, always difficult. It's always hot there at the start of the year, et cetera. So that was... Um, that was one of the most special ones. Obviously, the circumstances around it, um, yeah, the fact that that after what had just happened because it was so fresh that he could come out and do that, and that we uh, we we took the hard option, which was yeah, not the win it or bin it one, but it was the no, mate, we're we're gonna you can win this if you um, do what you do best, which is go ultra fast, lap after lap, be consistent. Don't put a single foot wrong. Don't make a single mistake with everything that, uh, that's been going on lately. And in these conditions, um, that's always a standout. Work out a story of what the ultimate race is. It was somewhat exactly what happened, you know, had to stop, uh, more than most. And, uh, you have great car speed and, and get there right at the end. It was um, it was phenomenal. I hope everyone that was here enjoyed it. And uh, as I say, it was probably one of my best performances. In 2014, there was a change at Triple Eight. Wincup's engineer Mark Dutton stepped up the team manager, and young engineer David Couchy moved up to be his race engineer. It wasn't the smooth transition that everyone had hoped for. It was difficult. I mean, you know, it's it's a big jump, no matter what. It's it's sort of. Uh, very hard to get actual race engineering experience in the supercars field because there's there's very limited jobs and um, very limited positions just like just like driver seats you know there's only 26 race engineers there's just like there's 26 drivers out there so it's it's a massive jump and and it's of course it's a lot of pressure um, when you're when you're engineering um, a guy who had already won lots of championships by then but also it's a, it's a good thing as well you know because i had i had lots of support from you know i'd seen it i'd seen it how how it should be done um, and i had lots of support from all those people all those people were still there you know we were all still together when we won all, all, all the other championships up until then so i had a, i had an awesome support network but yeah you know there are probably times where you, you put a little bit too much pressure on yourself and you know you question yourself you doubt yourself but all those things are, are pretty pretty normal i think in um when you when you step up to a, a new position those sort of things happen but like i said i was you know i was operating I was one person in a great team, and that's what um, that's what got us all through. By year's end, Jamie had won his sixth championship. Here is Jamie talking to Inside Supercars after that event. It's been one hell of a roller coaster, one one I've enjoyed. Um, everyone's the, the commonly asked question is, uh, what's number six mean? It's uh, in, in in one aspect, I don't want to disrespect my last uh, championships, but at the same time. This one uh, right now feels bigger and better, harder than uh, than any other. We, um, we we dug deep this year. We were we had our backs against the wall come mid-season, and uh, we were able to. 
to step up as a group and uh, and deliver and and get the and at the end of the day get get the chocolates. Always a team develops and changes, but this year was probably the most significant changes at those high critical levels. Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, you can't do the same thing year in year out. And uh, we have fantastic management at Red Bull Racing to, uh, to recognise that and to always be uh, keeping it fresh and to making sure that uh, we, we absolutely are on, uh, are on top of the game. And um, yeah, at the end of the day, there's, uh, there's, there's one name that can be put on that trophy, but it, uh, it's, a, it's a serious group effort by a lot of people that have gone into it and couldn't, couldn't be prouder of uh, the people involved in uh, Getting, uh, getting the sixth championship for, for Triple Eight. Another moment that Roland enjoyed was Win Cup's seventh championship victory in Newcastle. The thing was in doubt right up until he was crossing the line and winning the race. Uh, and then the, um, yeah, the explosion of emotion and, uh, and the relief that goes with that and everything uh, was an extraordinary Jamie plus team moment. Uh, those are the ones that, that stick out. Yeah, unbelievable day. Great for great for motorsport at the end of the day. Um, we were gutted yesterday after the penalty, or not the penalty, the, the tyre blowout and ending up in the wall. We thought uh, we don't deserve that. We've, we've grounded out and worked too hard and um, made too many sacrifices this year to, to, for it to end like that. So we did our job today, put our head down. Um, clearly someone looking down on us, got the job done after the, after the, the, the last lap of the last race. As Jamie now approaches his final race as a main driver, it is fitting to look back over his results. Seven championships, 124 race wins, and four Bathurst 1000 victories. Here is what he said to Inside Supercars following his 100th victory at Sydney Motorsport Park. Jamie Winkup, congratulations, 100 victories in V8 Supercars. When you paid for the flight up to Queensland for your, you know, your one shot, yeah. How surreal is it now to be sitting here with everything you've achieved? Yeah, in some way it seems like yesterday, and in another way it uh, seems like forever ago. But um, I, I knew once once I got that call to join Triple Eight that it uh, it was a massive opportunity. I had to make you know I had to absolutely grow it with two hands, and uh, I did that. Joined the team. Um, certainly ran second behind Lounsey for many years, and then uh, then decided to re rewrite the script a bit and try to try to make it my own. And um, very very proud to be a part of, of, of an amazing group of people, and um, looking forward to seeing what we can do from here on in. Is the situation at Triple Eight now exactly the same as it was when you joined Triple Eight? You were the younger driver coming in, and and the experienced driver was there established. Is this what we've got now with Shane and yourself? Uh, I think so, in some degree, yeah, for sure. Shane and I are much closer um, in age than what Lounsey and I um, than what Lounsey and I are. Shane's very established as well. Remember, I hadn't won a race, so I was absolutely no one when I joined. Uh, but uh, yeah, Shane's a lot more established joining the team. So, in some way, it is similar. You know, the the uh, it just it evolves. You know what I mean? So. Um, but in another way, it's, it's very different as well. And the, back in the day, it was just a group of people. We were just trying to, we were just building two cars to go fast. Now we've, uh, we've got multiple cars. We've got, we've got a full parts business for, all, for uh, every car in pit lane. So um, the concept is very different, but in some way, still the same people doing the same thing, loving the same sport. When Roland looked at you and went, well, I've seen what he's been doing at, at Gary's and in his other roles, but here's a guy that just 
present himself like Craig does, who is well more established? Uh, I'd like to think so. You just don't know. But... Uh you, know, you don't know. You talk to someone in the street. You don't know who they're who they're linked to. Um, and at the end of the day, you want to be a good person. You know, I was. I'm very thankful. My, my, I've been. I've been brought up to actually respect people and and do the right thing whenever you can. So um, that that seemed to uh, that seemed to. I, I believe it's a. It's been a, a positive and it's the right thing to do. And one day, if I've cut little tackers running around, I'll be. Uh, I'll be bringing them up the same as my father did. Mm. Well, a centurion now. Two of you at the um, dinners makes it a bit better for Lounsey than having to talk to himself or not. Yeah, yeah, it's obviously a huge achievement, one I'm, one I'm very proud of. and um, the, we, We're very good at bottling the, the, the celebrations. We'll uh, I'll just go have a uh, room service back at the Rudy Hill RSL and um, you know, we'll, we'll bottle it all up for, uh, for, for the end of the year and hopefully we've got a few more race wins. On our next show, we look at what is ahead for Jamie Winker. We haven't had the, uh, a real, we haven't had time and it's, it's, it's for next year but a, a good sit down to really plan out um, yeah, what the, the roles and, and, and responsibilities of everyone, what, what uh, specific role Jamie will, will be doing um, in the garage. So it'll be interesting. Jamie Winkup, the future, in our next show on Inside Supercars. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more. Or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device, search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.